3: what's up buffalo fanatics josh allen here just wanted to say uh go bills ladies and gentlemen is where we go back at it again tuesday night we got a special for you always but a little special today because uh i will not be solo solo i'm gonna be joined by uh the man himself style got Pat control um and i'm, I'm not trying to go well, heavy on the name, So I'm going to let him do his own thing. But uh, you guys already know who this is. One of the most popular guys in Buff. One of the most popular guys in Buffalo media. And uh, he's got one of the smoothest bald heads in the game. Because a lot of these media guys are are flocking with, you know what I'm saying, heavy set of hair. But my man, Sal, is holding it down as the bald, the bald, smooth man. So without further ado, let me introduce my man, Sal Capaccio. Sal, what's
2: happening, brother? Yeah, I love it. Thank you, man. Appreciate you, Rico, for sure. Number one.
3: We're gonna get Sal Sal back up. He's got a little frozen a little bit. But my man Sal's he's rocking, he's rocking the, the smooth bald head. And uh, there's not <laughs> yeah. a lot of guys that can pull it off. I think it's you and I think Ron Talbot are the only two guys that are holding it down with the bald head. So yeah. y'all, y'all doing it.
4: You you got me now? you guys you got me? I got you, you got you, you're
3: good, you're good, yeah. you're, good. you're good, you're
4: good. I wanna apologize. I, I told you I'd do this, and then I uh had a I forgot I had a little league baseball meeting with my um with my son's team, because I'm a coach, and so that's why I'm in my car doing this. I'm in the middle of meeting with some guys. Anyway, in the meantime, yep. I was 26 years old. I was playing in a men's flag football league. I still play, and there was a bunch of these college guys playing, and the local newspaper down in Florida came and did a picture, a uh, uh, story, and they took a picture, In the back of my head, I had a bald spot. I was head hair, and I had a bald spot. I was bartending at the time. And all the people came in the bar, they were making fun of my back of my head, my bald spot. I was 26 And I, from that day. The next day, Rico, I shaved my head. I shaved it two to three times a week for 24 years.
3: Okay, I got to ask you a question now because I, I, I tell my wife, I'm like, listen, the minute my corners start going, don't allow me to look a fool on camera or in person. No, babe, you look good. I don't believe them. So the fact that you were able to see your flaws and you said, you know what? I see it. I got roasted. I'm done shaving it. So I respect. <laughs> I respect it. I, I'm I'm close to there. I don't want to pull a LeBron where I'm half there, half here. If I know my corners are gone, I'm out of here. I'm shaving the head. So, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I am proud to uh, present my man Sal. Sal just cut out a little bit, but I'm gonna bring it back a little bit. Uh, we're gonna have a fun show, and um, I'm gonna put him on the spot. I'm gonna put him on the spot on a couple of things. But, uh, yeah, you're good. You're good. We're gonna put him on the spot on a couple things. But like, let's start off right off the bat. Let's let's go to the recap of the game and uh, the bills are looking good. We're 11 and three. We're, we're starting to peak. Would you call it peaking? Or do you still feel that we have a lot of room to grow? We're just not there yet. How what do you feel? How do you feel about this 11 and three team?
4: Um, I, I think there's room to grow because I think that they've had some ebbs and flows. And I think that right now there's some things that they were doing well, that they kind of had a little ebb and they have to go back to the flow. Right. If you will. And mm. I don't think they've hit their ceiling. Um, But at times, you know, you can still see that efficiency take over like they did in the the final drive of the fourth quarter, which is a fabulous drive. So they certainly have the talent to do that. But I don't think they're necessarily peaked because I think that there's been some circumstances like injuries, weather, things like that, that this team can actually play better. But I mean, every team can say that, right? Um, But they are still winning games regardless. I think grinding out the wins, though, you know, like instead of blowing teams out like they have and they did early on in the season a couple of times and kind of leaving no doubt in week one in LA and week two against the right. Tennessee Titans. I think at this point, though, um, they're still winning games. They're showing that they can win in a number of ways even when they don't have their A game.
3: So, looking at the overall, like, I guess the, the feel, the atmosphere, uh, how the community is embracing this team, looking at how we've been so far, if you could sum up what the team looks like and how you feel they look like. And I want two positive and one negative that you've noticed, you've observed this team. I'd love to get your thoughts on that.
4: Two positives and one negative. Um, Yes. All right, so I'll, I'll start with a, uh, a positive and say that this team really, really has great leadership. Um, You know, from Josh Allen to Stefan Diggs, the guys on the defensive side, I think Tremaine Edmonds is probably not the kind of leader you think he is because he's not out there in the media necessarily as much. Um, Jordan Poyer, obviously, they believe in their leaders. Even the guys who are hurt, like Von Miller. I mean, they mm-hmm. just have great leaders. And you know, I, this is this a big product, too, of them all being together since 2017, 2018. These guys throw almost a lot of them in their second contract, right? I think that's um, a very big positive. Um, I'll go to a negative. And I think a negative is that we've seen them kind of have these dips in their play that i think show up for it could be different reasons i know we could talk about injuries and things like that but you go back to the jets game the fourth quarter being able to run the ball on them right you've seen even the miami dolphins like you see a couple uh lack these they both busted coverage or whatever a touchdown here or there those are the things that hurt them um in certain situations you've seen i mean heck against the jets even against a couple other teams they really stalled on offense for it, it seems like when they do that rico it kind of comes in waves right like Yes. Three or four drives in a row where you they won't have anything happen or a whole fourth quarter of letting up the runs. I think that's the negative. They have to be more consistent. I think being less consistent lately has been hurting them as well. Um, then a positive, look, I think this coaching staff has done a great job to navigate through the injuries, to have the kind of guys that they don't know who's available, who is avail- isn't available, uh, whether it's um, somebody on the defensive front or the linebacker, Matt Milano, Tremaine Evans, and it hasn't been perfect at times, but I think they've done a great job to navigate through these injuries. And, you know, one thing I always say about Rex, about um, Sean McDermott coach teams, I was here obviously through Rex Ryan and all those other coaches. Right. They coach everybody in the roster the same. They do. They coach everybody. And it truly is a, when it's your turn, you're expected to play because we've coached you and you should be ready. I can't say that. I think Rex Ryan was like a top heavy coach is what I call him. For example, he relied so much on his best players and stars that if, Things went wrong. You had to rely on guys at the bottom of the roster. It was done. You weren't going to be able to do that. Mm. Sean McDermott's not like that. Sean McDermott says, I don't care who you are. We coach you the same every day. The standard is the same every day. And as Mike Tomlin says, the standard is the standard. I think that Sean McDermott has that same philosophy. And I, I think they've done a good job with that.
3: Freaking A, Sal. And I, I'm i with you. I agree. I totally agree with you. And, and I'm, we're starting to see a lot more of Sean McDermott's uh, <clears throat> personality come out a little bit. Uh, yeah. I think he's be a lot more comfortable. I, I, and I love the relationship that you guys have, the media with him. Here's the thing about what what we see uh, from from I guess I, uh, I guess from the TV screen. Yeah. And don't worry about the, light, the lighting; is fine. Yeah, we're, go ahead. A, we're good. Okay. We're good. So, when you guys have an opportunity to ask Sean McDermott, are there moments, and this is off the cuff, by the way, are there moments where you're like, I know his mood, and this is not the time to ask him the question because he's probably just not going to give me the answer I need. How do you navigate on getting the answers you need from, from whoever, but still be respectful because there is a fine line. How do yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah.
4: I love it. I love it. This is a great question. Um, As far as the mood thing, I think there's definitely some of that that comes into play, but, I think you still have to do your job and try and get the answer you need. Try and get the—you have to ask the question you want to ask, right? But you know, I'm in a unique position, Rico, because I actually do his radio show every week, right? I, I Sean McDermott comes on my radio show and does his weekly appearance, and that's a great question you ask because what I'll do is literally on a Thursday night we have them on Fridays generally on a Thursday night I'll sit there and say I want to ask him this, but I got to ask it in a certain way that I think he'll give the answer. Right. If I don't ask it the right way, he's not going to give me the answer. I kind of have to weave my way in there to kind of get it. And you're not trying to trick him or anything like that. I think you have to make him feel comfortable. That's what it is. You know, if Sean wants to feel comfortable and no, I think I have a good enough relationship with him. They trust me, but that's what it's about. It's really about trust, you know? And I think that, that that's the, 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 the way you have to do it. What's funny is though, what you said is right, which is be respectful. Mm. I can't tell you how many times I get all the time on social media, right? People tweet at me. Why don't you guys ask the tough questions? Well, the tough questions to a fan, right? A tough question to a fan generally is they just want us to go out there and yell at them about why they did something wrong. That's not right. a tough question, right? Our job is to simply get information. It's not to it's not to necessarily go up there and criticize why he had a certain play caller fourth down. We can question why they did it, but to do it in a respectful way. I'm a professional, and I want to treat him as a professional and expect the same courtesy in return, and he gives that. So when people say, like, Oh, the media doesn't ask the tough questions. Say, hey, what question would you like? Well, why not this? And why didn't you say this? I'm like, well, we did, but in a, just not in a way that you wanted because you're mad as a fan that it didn't turn out the way.
3: Sal, so I'm going to admit it. I am that, that fan that says, why aren't they asking the tough questions? Why are they being so soft? Get in there and ask it. But I also understand that there's a way to get an answer. There's a way to navigating and the mental gymnastics that you've got to do it. And these guys, these coaches are smart They know they're, they're trained how to kind of navigate through it. So I respect the fact that you guys have to find a way to do it. And I have to kind of take a seat back and be like, I get it. These guys are in a room full of other, of their colleagues and trying to navigate the right ones. And there's some people that just don't have the decorum and the respect, and they just shoot off the hip and it doesn't always end that well. So we'll, we'll leave it at that, but I'm so glad that you did that.
4: I think I give a real life example. So let's say, for example, it might be like um, if, let's say, Roger Saffold played really horribly or something like that, and, yeah. and it would everybody could see it, right? I think like you go in there and say, "Why didn't you guys ask him why they don't bench Saffold?" <laughs> like that's not I'm, that, yeah. I'm not that's an opinion. That's not a question.
0: Right? That's
4: an opinion. But, but what you... I can't say, "How did you feel Roger Saffold play? Did you make, Did you consider ever making any changes on the offensive line?" That's how you do it professionally.
3: That's why you're the man, Sal. That's why you're you're that dude. That's why you get invited to the Pat McAfee show and <laughs> handle yourself like a G. So let's keep it. Right. Let's keep it moving because okay. um, I, I I I go. I want to respect your time, but I also want to give the people what they want to see. So we have a a segment on this show called the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. I normally do this solo, but I'm gonna need your help with the Good, the Bad, the Ugly. And I sent you some notes, and I need you. If looking at this past game, two points that you that stood out to you that you know what. That was good. And there was a lot of good things. So this is going to be a, It's. A, – I'm tossing this to you. You can hit that one out the park. It'll get a little tougher. So two good points that you felt that you you observed in this game.
4: Two good points uh, observing this game against the Miami Dolphins. I thought Correct. the – it's called the four-minute offense, right? When you get the ball mm-hmm. at the end of the game, you got to grind the clock. Mm-hmm. They got the ball with almost six minutes left, Rico. Damn right. they together a great drive. And how many times have we said this year this team can't run well enough? Well, go look at the play selection of that drive. They started with passes from the seven-yard line, then yep. they ran, and it was primarily, and then all of a sudden it became more running heavy until they got towards the towards the um the Dolphins end zone, obviously. And then they intentionally didn't score. But I thought that was really great. I thought it was a great sign that, you know, they balanced it out. They ran the ball, they connected on passes. It was a great four-minute offense, even though it took six minutes perfect exactly what you wanted um to me um that was a, a really good thing um another really good thing i thought that um the way that they kind of defended tyree kill even though he had a touchdown i don't think people yep. realize like they didn't give him anything over the top he got by trey white it's gonna happen sometimes yep. it's tyree kill but i thought that they did a really good job tyree kill averaged 7.7 yards a carry Half his average on the season, the leading receiver in the NFL, who's historically breaking historical records right now. They did a really nice job on him. They kept him underneath, and they said basically, "You want to throw it to him? We're just going to come up and tackle." Now, that wasn't very good. We can talk about that, but you know, overall, but I thought that was a really nice job how they defended Tyreek Hill. A lot of times it was Trey White, and hey, Trey got beat a couple of times. He also had three pass breakups more than anybody in the whole game for either team.
3: You damn right. And I'm going to I'm going to jump in and, and and give my points on there too because the good to me red zone. I thought yep. they were excellent Perfect. in the red zone and the, they've been a little shaky as of late. And these past two games, they've been on point in the red zone. So I'm going to, I'm going to touch on that on the red zone, uh, on the red 11 zone for
4: now. their last 13, by the way, in the red zone, including you, not
3: you damn right. Sal, you, you damn right.
4: Not scoring on a, on one. So there you go. Yeah.
3: And so, and now I can easily say Josh Allen because Josh Allen was a G. So it, that's a, that's a toss up. I'm not going to, I'm not going to go there. I'm going to go on to the defensive side of the ball. And I, I really appreciate I – mean, let me just put it this way. Uh, the fact that Jordan Poirier is on this team, I, I appreciate his presence on this team because we have a lot of young guys in the backfield, and Jordan, presence, Jordan Poirier's presence is such a huge factor. So that's the good for me. So one more good that I say we're, – actually, we're going to switch over. We're going to make it uh, – we're going to go to the bad because yeah. now this is where it gets tough. The well, bad. Anything that stood this, out to you that was bad?
4: This is easy. The tackling was atrocious. Son. Yes. I mean, come on you got to be able to make tackles. I mean, I, I think, Rico, I know everybody said, look at all the rushing yardage. I actually think the Bills were inviting Miami to run a little bit. They said, you're not going to throw on us. We're going to make sure we cover Tyreek, cover Jalen Waddle. If you want to run on us, they've done this before. They had this philosophy against Kansas City a few years ago in Buffalo where they held Mahomes, but they gave up 200-something yards rushing, which maybe a little too much. They basically said, I think, we're going to let you run on us. You're not going to throw on us. But if you're going to do that, you have to make tackles. You can't just let somebody get through. Your second level, and then suddenly running the clear. M- Most of it was just running through people. There was ta- missed tackles everywhere, missed angles, bad angles. So I would say the bad in this game, the thing that really stood out more than anything negatively, negatively was the tackling in this game.
3: And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. And I'm not gonna. Tackling was it was epic. Uh, penalties for me. Uh, yeah. I feel that like we had we had penalties that hit us in the in the wrong spots. And uh, and obviously the the biggest one was the Cam Lewis uh, situation where he ran into the kicker, roughing the roughing the kicker. That was deflating. Yeah. Right. Big third down stop. We're getting the ball back. And then that happened. So to me, that was the one thing that stood out to me that that was bad. Uh, this is where it gets a little tougher. Sal, we're going to the ugly. What stood out to you in this game? That was hideous. It was ugly. You're like, oh, God, get out of the from me. What did you think?
4: I'm going to go to what you just said, that um Cam Lewis penalty. I mean, what was happening there? It wasn't. It's one thing to. Rub, and you could debate whether they should have gone f- for the block or not. That's fine. I mean, I'm fine with it. I'm fine. with. It. Sometimes you just have to pick your spots. They went for their spot but you got to be, you got to know where your aiming point is. You rep that so much. And I still can't figure out what he was doing. Did he think the punter still had the ball? Like, I'm not sure. Like it just, and Cam Lewis, this is a guy, remember he didn't knock down the play, the pass against Justin Jefferson. Mm. Right. I mean, he's had a couple of mental lapses this year where, you know, he just wanted to get, and I love Cam Lewis and he's a UB guy. Right. And, and, oh. and he's fought his butt off to be in the position he's in, but you can't let that happen. Um, they, that was a critical point in the game the Dolphins scored on that drive so the ugly to me wasn't just the penalty it was how the penalty occurred it was just so blatant basically that what was going on there
3: you are freaking right man and just timing of it and just it, it was I was just more baffled I was like what the hell just happened and and all guys know you don't go towards the kicker you go kind of in front of it and angle it yep. it just didn't work out and, it, and I'm sure he's beating himself up for it so I mean, oh. we can sit here as a fan and just bash him. He already knows, right? And he knows, loves his team enough that he knows that he messed up. Uh, for me, I'm going to say the ugly. And I think it's one of the obvious is the obvious things. At the beginning of the game, fans throwing the snowballs. I was like, come on, guys. I got Not hit. Off. Did, did you get hit?
4: Yeah, I wrote about it on my uh, arrow arrow down column I do for WGR. And um, I got hit in the back of the head, and it hurt. And then it, it was really cold for the rest of the while. But I'll tell you a funny story, though, to turn mm. a negative into a positive and funny thing. Yeah. So Bill Vinovich, the referee, we all know he basically stepped up and said, hey, don't throw the snowballs. It could be a 15-yard penalty. Right. right before that, there was this delay, and I'm seeing him. He's kind of in front of me, and he's talking to these different people on the sidelines like, I don't know what's going on. Bill Vinovich is delaying the game for some reason. And he kept looking at me, right? He's looking at me. I'm like, why is the referee looking at me? Well, I had a microphone in my hand for my job. He thought I was the PA announcer for the stadium. He walks up to me, and he says, can you make an announcement for me? And I said, I can't. I'm I'm, I'm a radio guy. I'm doing radio. <laughs> and he he had this look in his face, like what 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 about? he didn't want to make the announcement. He wanted someone in house to what do you? it, <laughs> yes. right? So after I told him that, he stepped out. He made the announcement. So I agree with you. Wasn't a good look for us. We got to be better it than wasn't. that. Somebody could seriously get hurt.
3: No, and you know it, it, and it wasn't. I was like, and I was I was more I was puzzled. I was like, why are we doing this? This is not this is not yeah. like this is weird. But anyway, people they're excited. Prime time, snow in the air. They just want to make sure that you know, I mean, they're seen. So uh it's yeah. one of the things that stood out to me. Now, Sal. So, this is a tough one, man. I'm putting you on the spot. All right. This is one of the favorite segments that, that people like, and it's the milk carton alert. Okay. Milk carton alert, it doesn't necessarily have to be a player. It could be something that you feel is missing, and we need it back. And there's been some players that have been on this, and I don't shy away from it. I've even put Von Miller on this list before, and most people might say, what, Von Miller? you damn right. You pay that man millions of dollars. You better show up every damn game. So, Sal, the milk
4: carton alert. Who is All right, on so, milk carton for you, my guy? This is what you're. This is what you're going to say. Come on, come on. You be a little. Come on, be a little more critical of play or Something. No, no. Listen. All year, I've been waiting for at least one trick play from Ken Dorsey.
2: Oh, we had
4: it from Brian Dable every other freaking week. Where's one trick play? I've not seen a. I've not seen a halfback option. A throwback to Josh. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen a fleet flicker. I haven't seen one trick play from Ken Dorsey. Where is the trick play? It belongs on the milk carton. I
3: like that, the trip play. And I'm, I'm looking for the Philly special. Give me something. But maybe he's, he's holding on to it because Josh yeah. Allen said it. Hey, we put a couple new wrinkles into the – on Saturday's game plan. So maybe Dorsey's saving, you know what I'm saying, for the Bengals. I don't know. We're going to soon find out. But I really like that. For me, milk carton alert. Um, This person's been on the milk carton alert for a long time now. And I don't want to put this person on milk carton because – we are going to talk about this individual in some time, and I, I, I want your thoughts on it. So I'm going I'm to change it up. Uh, I'm going to say the milk Card Alert was the defensive front, and we we allowed way too many rushing yards, but I love your take. We invited them to run because we're yep. not going to give you the big play. Although we did a go, we did give up a couple of big plays to Waddle, but we invite you to take the run. I kind of like that angle, but I did not like that we gave up 180 no. yards rushing.
4: It's one I, thing to invite it, but you still have to execute better than they did. Thank
3: you. Absolutely. I freaking love everything about that. So, uh, sir, we're going to – thank you. by the way, folks – this is Sal Capaccio. I don't have to explain to you who he is. WGR's finest, I might say. And uh, one of the smoothest bald heads in the game. So Sal Capaccio came through. Uh, he's got a very busy schedule. So I appreciate your time, Sal. You know that, that, how that goes. So uh, let's move on uh, to the next one here. So we have a segment called Two Words. Two Words, Two Thoughts. Okay. And folks, Sal has no idea what I'm going to ask him. So he's either going to give me two words that come to his head or his two thoughts. So Sal, before we get in there, I gotta get my graphics up. I gotta get my music queued up, and uh, we're gonna get right into two words. So you better come with it because if you don't, you're gonna get roasted online. And you know how Twitter is. Twitter is a <laughs> oh, I, I get
4: roasted enough every day, so I mean I know it.
3: <laughs> Let's <laughs> my, go. Hey, hey, hey
4: oh. listen, block button has been strong lately. I but listen, man, are you
3: a big blocker? Do you block a lot? No,
4: I, I'm not. I actually unblocked every single person I blocked other than like bots not too long ago. But right. I think over the last six or seven months, I've had to use it a little bit more liberally because people have just been a little bit more nasty. And I just, eh, I don't like that.
3: Let's, let's stay on this topic for a second because social media, I, I personally, yeah. I, I mean, I'm sure a lot of us like have thick enough skin that care. Like you know, these people don't mean much to me, but I never use the block button. I just ignore them. But if they're really in your mentions, what pushes you so much to say, all right, you got to be blocked. man. I'm
4: done with you. Um, because if they get really personal, mm. okay.
2: um,
4: you know, really rude, you know, I, I can handle most stuff, but then I'll tell you what it is, Rico. I, I'm tempted to respond to people, to defend myself, to explain okay. something, you know? And, and I say, you know what, if you're going to be like that though, I'm just going to block you. So then I just can forget about you in 10 minutes. And then the next time you do it, I won't even see it, got you know, it. because you won't, you won't see it. So that's why I would mute people too, because I, I got, sometimes I can be, I can go down the ha- and be. I can go down the rabbit hole of basically responding to people I shouldn't respond to. And I'm doing it for myself.
3: Yeah. I, I, I
4: block so that I don't do that again, because I don't want to engage with people who are going to be like that to me.
3: And sometimes I don't, you just want to just tell them to go fuck yourself, man. Yo, quit talking shit to me. I feel like those are necessary sometimes, but I get it. You got to be professional. You got to. You know what I want
4: to do sometimes Rico? Like, honestly, I want to, and you can't do this through social media. People think you always want to kind of be combative. I want right. to say like, dude, nothing about me and what I'm truly about you hear me and a persona on the radio. And not that that's not true to me. Of course it is. But I bet you, if we got to know each other, and we went out, we'd probably get along. We'd hang out. We might disagree probably. about whatever, but that's what I want to say to people sometime. Like, you know, you don't really know what I'm truly about. Look, I, I get, like, I talk about myself a lot. I talk about family a lot and people, It rubs some people the wrong way. Some people love it, right? I hear people say, I love when you talk about your son, Max. You bring your family. Some people go, I can't believe you talk about yourself and your family so much. You can't please everybody.
3: You can't. (laughs) You you definitely can't.
4: Right. But the people who say that, I want to be like, okay, that's fine. You don't like it. But I bet you, if you and I hung out, you'd be like, oh, yeah, sounds pretty cool guy. I would hope so. I would think so. And I think that we'd all kind of get along.
3: I, I think we would probably get along. I think I'm a big food guy and you seem to you seem to be a a, a person that loves to sit down and have a great meal. I bet you we'd have right. a freaking great conversation over a meal. I can guarantee yeah. you. Anytime that you're in Canada, Nova Scotia way, I got you. We're gonna go. I, I don't do seafood. You're all much. the way up in Nova, be, Nova Scotia? I'm in Nova Scotia, baby. I oh, knew you were yeah. in Canada.
4: I didn't know that. I actually, my stepbrother lives in Nova Scotia.
3: You know what? This this province is a small province. He probably lives down the street. I wouldn't be surprised.
4: Probably. You'll have to, we'll have to DM each other and find out where. My, and I, my program director at WGR, his name is Alan Davis, is from Nova Scotia.
3: Well, there you go. Where well, There's that connection right there. You see? Small world. It's a small world right. and it just got smaller. It just got smaller. I have one question before we go to two words and I want to respect okay. your time but I have a question because I really want to ask this question. You're in the room. You're in the press room. You've got 12 to 15. I don't know how many of your colleagues are in there and you've probably got your questions lined up ready to ask and then somebody asked a question you're about to ask. Like, Damn it! That was gonna be part of my article. Oh. All the time, doesn't it? <laughs> so oh, you, yeah. it's just move on with it, right? I guess.
4: Oh yeah, you just don't you don't ask yours, so or you find a new one. Do you want to yeah, hear someone talk in the media room? You just want to ask another one, but yeah, for sure. Um, it happens I all it. the time because we all have a lot of the same thoughts. Why did this happen? What happened there? What's yeah. your thought on that? So I want to ask something else, so I'm like, oh, somebody else asked it. So either I'll just shut up or I'll say, no, I got to ask another question, you know, and that's what we all do, basically. It's okay. Um, and and there's no, there's nothing wrong with that, obviously, because I think at least it shows that everybody's kind of thinking the same way and wanting the same kind of questions answered.
3: Love it. Can you and, and just bring this back to the uh the, the media people and I, this is a big bone yeah. I have to pick with people. Can they can you just fi- can you tell them to fix the audio? Oh, love they,
4: to hear yeah, I love Yeah, people say it all the time. So what they have is they oh, have a man. parabolic mic that's those, one of those really big round ones, right? And they stick it and they kind of turn it. It doesn't pick up all the sound in the room, unfortunately. The only way to do it, I think, is if everybody was to have one mic and they pass it around for the questions. That's not really conducive, you know what I mean? To be able to do that. Um, I hear you. We got to figure it out. They know. They know it. It's not it's not on the media. It's It's Bill's PR there. They do their best with it to do their best because yeah. they do have they do have mics around the, so the parabolic mic. It just doesn't pick everything up.
3: I got you. All right. We're going to go right to the segment. Two words. Are you ready okay. for it? Here we yep. go. Here we go, Sal. This segment is called Two Words. I, I give you, I say something, you give me either two words, if you're comfortable enough to say two words, or two thoughts. Your choice. Are you ready? Yes. Yeah. Ken Dorsey. Still evolving. Still evolving. He is. And a lot of times, folks want to get and jump on his ass. But you got to remember, it's his first year. He's still learning yeah. the
4: we I the mean, same- he's got he- a lot of pressure. He, he was given a Ferrari mm. and told to take it for an eight, 18 week spin here and then get it home after that. Right. And that's tough to do. And he, he never drove a Ferrari before. So, I mean, I, you know, it's, it's tough.
3: How's he driving the Ferrari, by the way?
4: Yeah, I think he's keeping it on track at least. I mean, he's thinking he's doing a good job. Um, I, I think there are, there's always times where you say, Hey, you went off the road a little bit. You got to get back on track. That can happen. But he I he think he's generally kept, I mean, look, not only Rico, are they 11 and three? People don't realize they have more points right now than they did last year at this time with Brian Table as OC.
3: Facts. That's facts. Has he stalled yet?
4: No, he hasn't stalled. Um, I think when they have stalled, I wouldn't put most of that on Dorsey. Like Josh against the Jets, a couple stupid decisions, yeah. obviously made things like that.
3: Facts. That's facts. That's facts. By the way, folks, smash that like for my man Sal Capaccio. Not for me, Sal Capaccio's right here holding it down. And we're doing two words right now. Next one. Micah Hyde, there's thoughts, there's potential that he could be coming back. Shed some light on this. Is this honestly a possibility that we could see Micah
4: Hyde come back this season? Just maybe. Um, That's yeah. my question. That, here, it, this is what I'll tell you. No one's trying to hide anything from anybody, okay? That's mm. not what it is. Um, but I will tell you just from my personal experience, conversations I've had, that I, I think Micah would love to come back. I think... He understands, though, that he has a serious injury that he had surgery from, that there's a lot of risk involved and there's a timeline involved. He is working out hard. He's keeping him shape, himself in the best shape possible in case it does come to the time where he is cleared to come back. I don't think Micah Hyde is ruling out coming back because Micah Hyde believes he might be able to do that and wants to do that. I would say there's not a 0% chance he comes back. But I also know that this is a very big ask and nobody wants to see him re-injure himself, get hurt again, anything like that. So, like I said, just maybe it could happen. I'm not banking on it and I'm not predicting it and I'm not reporting it. And again, I think when everybody says, oh, how come you guys keep teasing us with this? I just think it's super interesting that this is happening right in front of our eyes because I don't know if he's coming back, but I know he would love to be out there with his team.
3: I like the, the wordplay, by the way. No one's trying to hide anything. I don't know. If yeah, you I I didn't notice that. There you go. <laughs> yeah. right. That's it. Right. So, uh well, listen. I'm going to take that as he's coming back. I, you're not. It's not coming from <laughs> me, but I'm going to take it as he's coming back. Feel, there you go. I feel good yeah. about it. I feel good about it. All right. Don't
4: attribute it to me. Don't attribute it to me. That's good. Kyrie freaking Elam. Um, what would I say about Kyrie Elam? Two words. Um. Inconsistency. One word. I think okay. that's what's really gotten him, is inconsistency. I'm going to make it one word. My thought is he's been inconsistent. Right. Look, I'm I, I like. going to compare him to James Cook early in the year. All right. He, the idea of James Cook was great to everybody. Why aren't they giving the ball to James Cook? Why isn't he playing? Why is he, in, why is he inactive? Why isn't he getting snaps? Correct. Kyrie Elam, Why isn't he on the field? Why isn't he doing this? Like, the idea is great. But when you put it to practical use, sometimes it doesn't work out as great as you want. And guess what? They're trying to win every game and every snap matters. And – if you aren't doing everything you're supposed to do, and we've seen sometimes James Cook miss a miss a hole, miss a block. We've seen Kyrie, not that everybody doesn't. Of course they do. Put the ball right. on the ground. But these guys, they work Monday through Saturday to try and practice on Sunday. If they're not doing everything possible that they're supposed to do exactly right, then it's, you know, hey, and he's a rookie. Can we trust him in that situation? So I think Kyrie's just, problems just been a little bit too inconsistent. And I, I go back to, you know, go, the games, um, you know, in Detroit a little bit. And times earlier this year, early in training camp. Right. Um, I I do find it interesting that when asked about it, when he was not playing, Leslie Frazier used the word technique a few times. And I just wonder if he's still learning the correct techniques they want him to learn because they feel that if he's not using those, they're going to hurt him at some point. Really, really hurt him in critical situations.
3: And this is off the cuff. If Kyrie Elam is inconsistent, and this is tough, what is Dane Jackson?
4: Yeah. James Dane's also been inconsistent. That's the problem with not I'm having... Look, it's
2: tough,
4: to, it's tough to play corner in this league. It it's is. Tough to play corner. And I would tell you, I think Dane Jackson's played better than most people give him credit for, but I absolutely see that he's had some flaws this year. There's no doubt. I'm not saying he hasn't. He's yeah. been beaten pretty big situations we've seen that right if you go back a couple weeks ago against the jets i mean he took a lot of criticism i went back and watched that game i thought he made a couple big plays too and a couple big pass breakups as well and i think we have to also give that credit and think about that so i think he's in a tough spot you know i mean he's kind of playing still the kind of the quasi number one role as 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 tradavis white comes back um it's tough to play corner in this league the way teams spread you out the way they have these every team has three great receivers it seems these days at least two right so yeah, I think Dane's also been inconsistent, but the thing about Dane that's bothered me is I think he's taken a step back, Rico. Like, yeah. I, I think he was better last year than he is this year. Correct. Inconsistent. So maybe that's what it is where Kyrie hasn't had a chance to elevate yet. He's a rookie. Mm-hmm. Dane kind of showed us, hey, he can do this. And he filled in for Trey and everything. We, we expected more. And I don't think he's played at that level this year.
3: Got it. So let, let's, let's, I, I, I want your thoughts on this. We're going to try to switch it a little bit. Trap games. Do you believe in them? And are we going into one against the Bears? I,
4: I don't necessarily believe in a trap game. What I do believe in is a team, a team's emotional state and getting too high and getting too low. I don't think they're looking past certain teams. I think so. trap games are you're looking past the team. I don't believe in that. I do believe not you it. can come off a really big high and then play poorly the next week because you're kind of still celebrating, if you will, and thinking back not on it. it and not really focused on the next group, next game. I also think like Miami that if your back is against the wall and you've played poorly for two weeks in a row, that you, mm-hmm. you, you pay attention to detail and you get up and you play, and you know, and I think that's what Miami did to be honest with you. I think Miami played well because they knew they had to. And I do believe in that. I don't think the bills are in a trap game against Chicago. The bills are, they're too consistent under Sean McDermott for that, to be honest with you. They, 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 they approach every game the same. I do believe in though, Hey, you know, we're riding high. We've had this great win and you know, what's going to happen? Like, look at the Raiders, the way they won last week. Right. I wouldn't be surprised. If the Raiders come out. Now they're not that great anyway. If they come right. out and you're like, oh my, and they're, and they're a little bit flat because everybody's telling them how great they were and looking back at that play all week.
3: Got a high. I like it. No, I I completely I, everything you just said. Completely get it. We're gonna switch it up a little bit. I have to know the answer, man. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie?
4: So I'm on record as saying yes because I think I've gotten in this debate and I've just told people yes. I don't really know if I feel it is because it's been it's so funny, but um, I I think. If I had to define a Christmas movie, it has to be kind of about or revolving around a Christmas theme. I would agree. And, and it doesn't totally do that, but because it's a Christmas party. But I don't know. people, Somebody said to me, well, people don't get murdered in Christmas movies. I'm like, oh, that's kind of true, I guess, right? <laughs> um, no. Maybe you want to look at it that way. So I don't know, Rico. Go. I go back and forth. One day I say yes. One year I say yes. One year I say no.
3: I got it. Uh, all right, here we go. I got a couple more, and then we're, we'll get to the last segment here. Uh, overrated Christmas dish
4: overrated
3: christmas mm. di- beets do
4: people have beets on christmas do they do that
3: first of all that's a terrible terrible dish and i agree it's yeah. is it hold on, hold on overrated do people rate it as really good well if people beets? like
4: it i don't i don't i wouldn't touch it so there you go
3: <laughs> i like that uh last minute christmas gift i'm sure you've been there what's one that you it's an it's it's never it never fails this is the gift oh. that you can get this for someone, and it's is it's it, a no- Is it
4: for anybody, or is it for someone anybody.
3: specific? Here? Anybody.
4: Oh, it's it's the gift card. Whatever gift card. Just get a restaurant, any good restaurant. Walk in, restaurant. I need a $50 gift card. Bam. Hey, man, enjoy a 10 $50 gift card. Take somebody out. That's never fails. You can always get it.
3: I am actually you know what the gift card, the restaurant gift card is huge. Actually, that's a big one. So, yeah. Sal, you've been great. This is the last segment of the show, and it's say it with your chest. Everyone loves this one. This gives you an opportunity to rant or it gives you an opportunity to talk about something that's not talked about enough and you feel that I need to get this off my chest. So Sal, I'm going to let you gather yourself while this segment plays out and the floor is yours right after this.
4: All right, listen, anybody who's ever listened to me on WGR special over the last year or so knows I've said this. But I think I'm even more emboldened to say this this week right on your show, Rico, and that is the game has passed Bill Belichick by that's right. The the most accomplished coach in NFL history is not the greatest coach in NFL history. You want to be the greatest coach? Win with lesser quarterbacks. Win more consistently when you don't have the greatest quarterback of all time. That's why I think Joe Gibbs is the greatest coach ever. He went and won three Super Bowls with three average to above average quarterbacks at best. Joe Theismann, Doug Williams, Mark Griffin went to a fourth over a 12-year period. Bill Belichick is under five hundred, ten 10 games or so, under five hundred without Tom Brady in his as his starting quarterback. And now you see that Bill Belichick right now is coaching like a below average NFL head coach. Listen, do not confuse that with how good of a football coach he is. Amazing football coach, amazing defensive mind. He's not a great NFL head coach. He had the goat his entire career and now we're seeing it. You know what he's like, Rico? I've said this before, but maybe your listeners and viewers have never seen He's Brooks from Shawshank Redemption. He was in Brooks was in prison for decades and decades and then he got out and he said Holy cow, the world went and got itself up in a big hurry and didn't know how to adjust. Well, this guy had Tom Brady for 20 years. He didn't know. He got out after having Tom Brady. Tom Brady left and he's like, oh, yeah, it's okay. I just had to uh, get a pocket passer and Mac Jones. He didn't know. He had to go out and actually get an athletic quarterback and how to stop athletic quarterbacks. He can't stop Josh Allen. He can't stop Justin Fields. He can't stop Lamar Jackson because he doesn't know how. He didn't have to do it for 20 years. He had Tom Brady winning games for him. Ladies and gentlemen, that's how
3: you say it with your mother effing chest like that. That's exactly you, sir. By the way, you and Marcel, uh, Louis Jacques have one of the best. Say it with your chest, you're up there. Welcome to the state with your chest club. That was fantastic. And you know what? Everybody's seeing it, and it was always a debate who needed who more. Clearly, Tom Brady's got it, he's got it. And Bill Belichick is it's not looking good. I mean, when you when you draft Cole Strange. As your first, there it is.
4: Hey, but he, oh, but he was a genius. No, you know what it was, Rico? I figured it out, though. Here's it. I I figured it out, believe it or not. Bill Belichick intentionally told Jacoby Myers to throw the pick to Chandler Jones because he's playing chess, because he wants to lose and get the sixth seed or the seventh seed, I guess, in order to go to the two seed. Like, for some reason, that's going to be beneficial. It was all by design by Bill O'Challa. He's a genius. We, don't you know that?
3: He is the diabolical genius. Ladies and gentlemen, Sal Capaccio nails it. Yeah, Listen, fantastic guest. I thank you very much. I know we went over time, but you know what? It was well worth it, and I hope I didn't take too much time away from the family. But, sir, thank you for your time. Ladies and gentlemen, follow my guy Sal. If you're not following me, you already are following getting all your information. WGR's finest, Sal Capaccio. Sir, thank you for coming on the show, and we appreciate you. Listen articles, podcasts.
0: done
3: let everybody know where uh, they can find anything that you're trying to put out there
4: yeah wgr550 but you know what um at sal sports on twitter at sal sports i appreciate everybody who comes along and uh interacts hope i don't mute or block you just don't be nasty i won't i promise
3: absolutely don't be nasty or you're getting blocked boys or you're getting muted one or the other all right that's sal right. thank you very much have a good night drive safe my man
4: you too man thank you
3: all right ladies and gentlemen that's it man sal capacho came through blessed bf on the mic and uh i hope you guys enjoyed it. that was pretty cool it allows us to kind of you know what I'm saying collab with people that we've never collabed with. I mean, we I mean, we, we all follow Sal, right? We all get the information from Sal. We all have interactions with him. So I hope you guys actually really enjoyed this. This is actually really cool. You know what I'm saying? And this is I'm in my element. This is what I do. Like I, I'm natural with this, right? But this is fun. This you get to pick the brain of someone that's in the room. You get to pick the brain of somebody that uh that is having these conversations with these players, coaches. I mean, I had way more questions for him, but I mean, I gotta respect the time, right? It's uh, and I'm sure this would be Uh, a religion that we built that we will build later on and have more conversations. And trust me, this was fun. Micah Hyde, him having the conversation with Micah Hyde. Could we see Hyde? Is Hyde going to be available sometime soon? Is it a 0% chance? Is there a small percent? If that small percent is there, that means we have a chance. We will see how big, how huge of a upgrade will that be? If Micah Hyde were to get healthy, but you also got to look at it this way. That's a serious neck injury he's rocking right now. So you have to keep that in mind. Lest I remind you, Ann Williams, neck injury, had to retire early. I know the man loves the game, and he would have never retired. But doctors are saying, man, you get another injury, man. You don't want to be in a position where you're in a wheelchair. You're this, that, and the third. So that's huge. Um, him talking about Kyrie Elam compared to Dane Jackson. I actually agree. Dane Jackson last year he would say, yo, he's ready to take it, take it, take, take it up a notch in year three. Did we put too much expectation on Day Jackson? That's another way to look at it as well, right? So really good insight from a man, Sal. Um, and uh, I hope you guys enjoyed that show. But the show doesn't end here because I got my guy, and you guys have not seen him in a long time, um, my my soon-to-be graduate. I mean, he's got some time left to graduate. But my guy, what's going on, Evan?
1: You know, it's good to be back. You know, I was on Zbots yesterday, but, you know, had to, had to spice it up, get back. On a Tuesday night, Rico, you know, it's been a minute uh, and That's we're beautiful. back soon to be graduate. I mean, I got about two and a half more years, so we'll get to that point sooner or later, but two and a half more years till I'm graduated. But I would say I graduated my third semester. Let's let's say I graduated something. I graduated my third semester of college.
4: Did you
3: find a girlfriend yet?
1: I came into college with one, have not had one since. Hold on a second. Uh,
3: what, oh, run that back. What'd you say?
1: came into college with one, hit a wall and I've just been like, let's uh, take like a music been clip you've been it's like a music clip yeah, I've been finding myself
2: <laughs> you know, I've
1: been so finding it. myself um yeah, it's like it's like a song. it's going. you got the up and down beat yep. and it ends, but there's about thirty seconds of you know music still have to be played and you just yep. can't hear. it's just kind of just stalling. I'm on that, like, 30-second backtrack.
3: You know, you know what? Let's 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 switch it up. You're focused right now. You're in school. You you don't have time for the females, and you don't have time for that stuff. You're focused on your, your studies and your academics, and you're not worried about the ladies. That's the way that you go about it. And, you, and you're not finding yourself. You're focused to make that money when you graduate, and then you're going to be a boss, and then you can pick whatever the heck you want. You're still a young buck, man. You got it. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, let's get back still again. 19. Yeah, let's get back to the football talk, man. 19, man. You're still a young buck, brother. I mean, shoot. I remember when I was nineteen. I was, I was, uh, I was a, I was a nice boy. <laughs> Let me put it that way. Let me put it that way. So, folks, I mean, we just came, we just came off of uh, a show with, with Sal. That was a great show. Was there anything that Sal said to you uh, that said during the show that kind of stood out to you? Like, ooh, I didn't really look at it that way.
1: I think one of the things that Sal mentioned that really had me thinking, um, you know, in the green room here. Was the fact about the Bills inviting the Dolphins um, to the run game? And coming into this game, the Dolphins were basically a bottom five running unit all over the board. Their yards per carry, rushing attempts, um, rushing yards in in total—like they just weren't overall a good running team. And the way Sal put it, it kind of made sense that the fact that the Bills were allowing the Dolphins to run on them. Right or inviting them to run on them, but the fact is the Bills just you know let them run on them a little too much, and they didn't clean up by tackling guys like Raheem Mostert and uh, Ahmed. But that made sense a little bit more because I'm just like, why aren't the Dolphins able to run so so like aggressively and just you know get those yards after contact? Contact we saw that with Raheem Mostert. Why is all this going on at this point in time? I get it. You want this, you know, you want to invite them to the run, but at the end of the day, the front four guys have to tackle better. The two line linebacker, two line in Milano and Edmonds and the Nickel Corner and Taron Johnson just have to tackle better. And you can't leave it up to your safeties in the back end uh to make those plays when you got a guy like Raheem Mostert who runs a four three just going, you know, speeding down the sideline. But the way Sal put it, it does make sense um the way he put it, why the Bills, you know, kind of let the Dolphins in the me- run game.
3: Tyreek is so scary, right? You don't want him to, to break a game open because once he does, it don't not even that, and this is and you have to have a short memory. This is what they say about a DB. Have a short memory. And if you let a guy like Tyreek Hill get past you, it's it's tough to recover from that because now you're like, shit, he might go after me again. So the fact that they were got these guys were able to keep Tyreek in front of them, dude. He had nine receptions for 69 yards. And of the 69 yards was that 20 yard reception, uh touch for a touchdown over Trey White. But that, other than that, we, we I wouldn't say bottled them up, but we contained them as best we could. Now, Jalen Waddle on the other side went off, right? So he had three receptions. I mean, big plays after big play, right? Three receptions for 114 yards. So 67-yard um, run uh, pass. But it happens. What were we going to say, Evan?
1: And I will say this. The Bills' defense overall has done a good job of containing Tyree Kill and Jalen Waddle the two times that we have played them this year. Yep. It's just the fact that When the Dolphins have needed a play the most out of their two top 10 wide receivers, they've got them. Whether in week three, they had that post route down the middle from Jalen Waddle that got them inside our red zone. And then they got that touchdown, which put them on top. Or they had the two big plays from Hill and Waddle in this past week's game where Waddle got behind Poyer and in front of, front of Hamlin and just took it to the house. And then obviously, obviously we saw Tyree kill get behind Trey white and DeMar Hamlin wasn't able to come over enough in time to stop Tyree kill from scoring that touchdown. But once again, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. It's hard to game plan for these guys. And I really think that the bills defense did a a, a good job overall. It's just, you got to limit those big plays and once in a while, they'll get behind you.
3: Let me ask you this. I'm looking at uh, the remaining. Schedule for the Bills. We got the Bears, we got the Bengals, and then we got the Patriots. Winnable games, all three. Do we go three and zero to end our season? Or are we what how are we breaking this down? Two one, one and two, oh and three, three and zero. What do you what do you see? What do you foresee coming?
1: Well, I will say that if there would be a game that the Bills potentially could lose, it would be against the Bengals. Mm-hmm just because of how how um, high-powered their offense is. But you cannot sleep on the Chicago Bears or the New England Patriots, you know, per fact, just because the Chicago Bears have something rolling in their offense right now with quarterback Justin Fields, and he has been on a tear. And I, and I know that from obviously watching him, but also to the fact he's on my fantasy team, and he's the reason I'm in my fantasy playoffs right now. There you go. But Justin Fields is not a quarterback to sleep on and take light. He's the third quarterback in National Football League history to rush for a thousand yards in a season. He's Dude. a strong physical runner, and he's improving as a thrower. Hundred percent, and it, and that's the thing. All these people are saying, "Hey, just contain Fields." All right, you can contain Fields, but at the same time, he's been improving as a passer. From week to week, and I know that the, he doesn't have his top pass catcher in Darnell Mooney, but at the same time, Justin Fields is such a threat with his legs that he can create things when broken plays are going on, kind of yeah. Josh Allen-esque. And once again, he's got a, a, abilities to make plays downfield, and we've seen that Justin Fields. Not saying, but next year, this guy's a you know guy that can slip into the Pro Bowl potentially have a small. Jalen Hurts type of season because he gets better every single week, and once wow. he gets receivers around him, yep. he's going to be a legit quarterback. And you can't sleep on him. And I'm not even going to get into it with the Bengals just because we all know how dynamic the Bengals are. You have wait, Joe Burrow.
3: We'll wait for yeah, the we'll Bengals. wait on. We'll wait for the Bengals. By the way, did you did you did you say you won your fantasy game? And by the way, for those that play fantasy, did you guys win? Are you in the winner's circle? I I'm in the winner's circle. I won by 0. 0.3 and I'll take it. Wow. Daniel Jones is what helped me out. Daniel Jones shit the bed completely and didn't do a damn thing. I was up eight points, and I remained up by 3.3 3 points is what I won the game by. My goodness. um, Did you win? Are you going into your semis? What's going on?
1: Yes, I'm I'm going into my semifinals right now. It was uh at 12. So, funny story. I joined um a dynasty league. But this was a dynasty league that was already created. So, I was overtaking a team. That yeah. was projected to finish last. And this is a 12 team league, a two quarterback league, by the way. And my season, look? I started well, well, this is the thing. I came into the year with Carson Wentz and Marcus Mariota as my quarterbacks. Right? Oh, I am in a I'm in a bad position. I'm in a tough position.
3: It's horrible, but as man.
1: the years as the years going along. I'm like, man, I gotta find someone. I gotta I, I'm trying to trade for like Trevor Lawrence. I tried throwing a low ball trade and maybe swing and get Herbert. He had a couple down weeks, but it's a dynasty league. So you you, you can't really get that top young quarterback. Yep. I'm looking at waivers. I see Justin Fields is on waivers.
3: Yep.
1: Fields is on waivers. I snag him. And I kind of rolled with Fields and Mariota for a little bit, but Mariota's got that injury. He's out for the year. So
3: <laughs> I got
1: Fields. Yeah, yeah right. Uh, but I had Fields, and then I uh, got lucky. I stuck Jarek McKinnon in for the last two weeks. He got me about eighty points this two past two weeks combined. So he's kind of helped me out.
3: Good for you, boss. Good for you. Uh, you you know what's hilarious? I just picked up Zach Moss for fantasy. Out of all the people to pick up, I picked up Zach. Actually, I didn't pick up. I put a waiver in for him. Uh, so we'll see yeah. how that plays out. Uh, by the way, for those that played Cole Beasley last week, because we were we were we were we were pulling. Cole Beasley's addition to the Bills pulled on my heartstrings, and I started in my fantasy. That almost made me lose my game. In playoffs, playoffs. <laughs> the nerve of you to do something like that! He gave me 1.9 points, enough for me to get the win. My goodness. Hey,
1: those were Thanks. the best 1.9 points you ever needed. Oh
3: my gosh! I'm, I'm so glad. I'm so glad that that actually happened. Anyway, let me, um, let me, let me, let's switch this. Let's switch this game up. All right. F- I need your energy on this one. I need your energy. The freaking Miami Dolphins, man. And I got this clip I got to play. it. I wanted to play this for Sal um, and really get his, his thoughts on this. And uh, but I, I needed to respect his time. But I really wanted to get his thoughts on this. I might even just it, – it's too late now. Maybe next time I get him. But look at – tell me what you guys think of this clip. And I'm starting to – I don't have a problem with this person. But I'm starting to kind of like, all right, the shtick is over, buddy. All right, we get it. All right, you're quirky. You're funny. You're But you're corny to
4: me. But check this out. So Jerome, Liam, Byron, anyone else you can think of? Hmm.
2: No I'm just i don't know i'm not I'm not sure if I feel as inviting about information today Barry um we'll see you know uh you know uh, you're just trying to do your job so I'll help you no
1: no news on the last so we can stay, stay stand pat on that one
3: what the f- what the fuck was that uh you know Mary. Shar sure uh, uh, Well, just fucking answer the damn question? you go, or I'm on the mood uh, well, uh, and then the awkward stare, like, dude, knock it off already. Dolphins fans. It- I get it. You guys have a good coach. He's a good coach. you know what I'm saying? But yo, this quirkiness that he's doing, I ain't buying it. It's weird. It's over with Rico, you know
1: go <laughs> i I respect McDaniels as a coach. I think he's an outstanding offensive minded coach, really- but anytime I see a clip of him on the presser. I watch like this just because I, I get a little creeped out the way he's looking at me when I'm watching him on the podium. I just uh, kind of have to like what kind of like this. I don't know. This is the way he just kind of looks at you when he's answering those questions. I'm like, all right, man. I'm like, I'll listen. But I don't know what I'm going to get out of this.
3: Here's the deal. I I, it, there's, I love that there's context to it because uh, my man Andrew Lipson just said, yo, Barry wrote an article he didn't like. That's what he's about. He was going on all out there. So it's like uh, somebody talks shit to you on Twitter. And then they say, hey, man, I'd like you to come on my podcast. You know what, Evan? I kind of don't really want to share my time on your podcast. <laughs> it's pretty much what, what pretty much has happened. But he's just a quirky dude. But I get it. If somebody was talking shit about, your, about you on the article, I mean, he's got to do his job, A, and you got to start winning because this is your second. The Miami Dolphins are on a second three-game losing streak. They need to get their act together because they're, they potentially – could could lose the Lex the next six games. They've got the Jets. They've got the Patriots. And they got the Packers. Dude, Packers, they're not a bad team. They just have some, they've had some terrible luck, especially early in the season. They're starting to come together. I can't, the Packers, they, if they beat the Dolphins, yo, the Dolphins could go on a big time collapse. Are you, are you prepared? Are you prepared to roast Dolphins fans? And have tuna. I don't know. Are you a tuna guy? Do you like tuna? No, I'm not a
1: tuna guy. I'm not a tuna guy. Well,
3: do you like sushi? We'll make it sushi. Do you like sushi?
1: It's hit or miss, but I'll t- I'll I'll, I'll dabble tuna. into it.
3: You'll dabble. Well, listen, man. These dolphins could easily go on a on a three game, a six game losing streak and collapse. An epic collapse. How terrible would that be? That would, anyways. This this week is gonna be huge. For all teams, I mean, this is the crunch time, right? This is how this is why the NFL is contru- is constructed the way it is. The last three to four games are really meaningful games, a lot of division games, and a lot of games that you're like, shoot, I need to win this, shit, right? We need crunch time. The good thing about the bills is we are not depending on anybody to lose, win this, that, and the third. We control our own destiny, and we just want. I, I, I don't know about you, Evan, but I want that freaking number one spot so damn bad. I want that spot so damn bad, man. And if we get that number one seed, we wait for these guys to beat up on each other and now come come to Buffalo. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait, man. Uh, my man uh, Carlos Hayes or Carlos Hayes, I say Hayes. Carlos Hayes says, Yo, uh, three and Rico. And remember, I said it love your show way down here in Louisiana. What's up, Carlos? All the way down Louisiana. Shout out to my man Carlos in uh Louisiana, baby. What's up? What's up? What's up? What's, up? What's happening? Um, so Evan. Talk to me this. I got I to gotta, I gotta ask you a question, man. The Bills game. Were you at the Bills game this past uh, Saturday?
1: I was. I was.
3: I need to ask you this. It looked freaking full of energy when Aaron Williams grabbed that mic and he got everybody doing the shout song in the stadium. How intense and how crazy was that? That felt like energetic to me and I'm watching off my phone. How was it in person?
1: I mean, it was electric in person. I mean, Aaron Williams, he spent a good amount of his career as a Buffalo Bill. I'm pretty sure his entire career as a Buffalo yeah. Bill. And right. coming back, doing that for the Bills, normally when there's anyone up there, you know, whether that's like a Steve Tasker or, or a Thurman Thomas or Bruce Smith, Jim Kelly, you know, they kind of do it here and there. So there's always going to be a good turnout. But I don't know. There's just something about Aaron Williams doing it this past um, – I was about to say Sunday, but it was Saturday. This past Saturday night that really just energized the crowd, energized Bills Mafia. Did it, did it though? I, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Aaron Williams, like – I I I just, I really can't tell you, like, what he did um, that just kind of pulled everyone in. Yep. But just something that he did, the delivery with his message uh, and the way that, you know, he just spoke it, just brought everyone in and then obviously – I think you know what I think it was that the fact that Aaron Williams was doing it with the energy and the passion that he was, plus the yeah, fact it that it was a Saturday night snow game. So I think it's just kind of like all wrapped in with one another because Bills fans and Dolphins fans were already hyped up with the snow. Just add Aaron Williams' energy and passion, uh, you know, doing the chant. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just it's, you can't get much better than that.
3: No, it, it and it sounded crazy to me, and it was it was insane. Uh, snowballs. Were you one of the jackasses throwing snowballs, Evan? No. It, no. Admit it on camera
1: right now. I got hit by one. I got hit by one. Um, so I remember – yeah, I turned around and I looked right up at the threes. Like that because that's all I
3: – That's what
1: a camera
4: would
1: do. Yeah, right. So Sal mentioned that he got hit by one uh, while doing his sideline reporting for WGR. I'm just minding my own business, waiting for the third quarter to start. I'm on my phone sitting down in my seat. Yeah. And all I know, or all I know is all all I feel is this snowball come from the threes, like chip my chin and just hits me right in the leg. And it had some ice in it. Like it kind of hurt. And I'm just looking, I'm like,
3: guess who threw it? Zbot. I know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He's trying to get your attention.
1: I know, right? No, I think he was actually sitting on the other side of the hundreds, but that would have been funny if that was Z-Bop. But I look up and it's just a bunch of Bills fans, just like, just looking at me. They're like, ah, "I got you." I'm like, "Dude," I'm like, "I'm like, don't do that." But, um, funny enough, did you watch Josh Allen's post game interview with NFL Network on the table? Yes, I did. I was right in front of Josh because that's where my section is, one fourteen. Uh, that's where I sit.
3: Did you make eye uh, contact?
1: Uh, Yeah, I mean, me and Josh made a couple eye contacts. We, you know, saw each other like, I know you. Uh, And this Miami fan threw a snowball and he's about to throw another one. And like me and my, like a couple people in my section were like, okay, dude, no way. Like you're not throwing a snowball at our quarterback. Cause not only like could have vice and he like hit him in the side of the head, like worst case scenario, the NFL is like, all right, you're going in concussion protocol, Josh. But like the guys, you know, they were mentioning that you could get arrested. If you you hit one of the players, I'm like, dude, you really want to be that that nah, do get that, that gets guy. arrested? I don't want to be that. And guy. Yeah. And so when someone mentions did he get that on that stubble? Oh man, that I, I you know,
3: he probably did that that because sh- you got strong stubble right now. So if that snowball grazed you, you probably split that snowball and didn't even feel it. That's do why I have it a stubble? It. You got a little stubble. It looks like I stubble.
1: I mean, I shaved a while ago. I no, I actually like the the kind of like the time I wasn't on. I actually had a really nice like beard going.
3: Yo, Evan, let me ask you a question, man. When you go to these Bills games, are there are they? I mean, I've been to several Bills games, but like, yo, did you, do you ever go to kind of like, you know I mean, just look at the ladies and be like, oh, maybe I can pick one of these, pick one of these girls up in here. Like there's just so much options for you out there. Like how come you don't just bag one and take one home with you? No?
1: Because you know, I'm with the, my dad. i with my dad.
3: Your dad can be your wingman. What you mean? Hey, have you guys met my son? I'd act like your dad. <laughs> hey guys, this is my son, Evan. Me and my son, Evan. Total catch. <laughs> Yo, I, listen, I, I'll be your man, man. Next time we go to Bill's Rico, game. All
1: right, no, no, no. Come, Rico, Rico, come to Bill's game. We'll hit up a couple of tailgates.
3: <laughs> You're damn right. I'll get you some.
1: And oh, you just, yeah. You, I mean, you know, I, I have my moments here and there. There you go. But I'm awesome. not, I'm not, I'm going to go into hockey terms. I'm not, I'm not going into my wheeling phase with uh yeah. with my dad right around the corner.
3: I like it. I like it. I like it. Well, Evan, here's the deal, man. I want to I want to kind of switch switch the game up a little bit. We're gonna switch the game up a little bit because it's been a while since we've done a show together. So it's good to see you back on the mic and doing our thing. So here it is, man. This upcoming game against the Bears. And I, I don't want to get too much into it, but a guy like we haven't like the the, the, the most athletic quarterback we face, obviously, is Lamar Jackson. And we know and we we know Lamar Jackson. And Man, this this freaking Justin Fields is a different beast. He's a different beast. And he can throw. So can Lamar, don't get me wrong. But Justin's a little different. Is there a reason for Bills to kind of like, okay, we gotta really buckle down on this guy? Because if we don't, if we just take these guys for granted, bro, he's going to he's just gonna take over this game. We just can't have it. Now, our team is just too damn good for that shit. But do, do the berries, do the bears kind of worry you because we might overlook them. What are your thoughts on that how do you feel
1: so the one thing i will say about the bears right now is that they're the number one overall rushing attack in the national football league they got a great running game that's led by obviously justin fields Mm -hmm. and david montgomery and some others in the backfield the number one one difference yeah the one difference i will say about lamar jackson and justin fields as runners Mm -hmm. when they do decide to run the football is that Lamar Jackson is a little more of an elusive runner. He's going to try to make you miss. He doesn't really want to try to run through you like Josh Allen. He might step out of balance. He's not going to try to create or meet the contact, but Justin Fields, he's a little more of a bigger body quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's a little more physical. Not only can Justin Fields evade you. He's elusive, but he will like, to meet the contact. He's not afraid to dish a hit per se and go go try to run through you like Josh. He'll try to make that play. He'll hit you with a truck. He'll try to spin move. Um I don't know, he might try to hurdle you. We haven't really seen that yet. He's so young in his NFL career. He hasn't really pulled out all, all the, you know, the tricks out of his bag yet. But Justin Fields a very physical runner with the football, much more physical than Lamar, I would say. Uh so you mentioned like we've played quarterbacks like Lamar Jackson. He's probably the most gifted runner we've 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 played over the past few seasons i don't think fields is as gifted as a runner as lamar just because i think lamar is just more faster and elusive right right right, right, right.
3: i get it, yeah. it it's it's it's, it's, a, it's gonna be a tough feat anyway i mean dude got a thousand yards rushing man that's freaking nuts in itself speaking of quarterbacks running jalen hurts hurt something to do with his shoulder slash collarbone or something of that nature uh, hopefully it's not nothing too crazy. I, they they say that it he could be coming back. So Minshew takes over. But let's go back to it because this is and I tweeted about this. This is the type of shit that 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 Bills fans fear when you have capable running backs in the backfield, i.e. Miles Sanders, i.e. For us, James Cook, Devin Singletary, but we have Josh Allen running the rock, doing his thing, and that's what he does. And we can't take that away from him because that's part of his game. But it does happen. Don't you want to be able to use your RBs more so than using Josh Allen to run? Because Jalen Hurts is no different. He's similar to what Josh Allen does mobile with his feet, will throw the rock. And look where he's at right now. And that's due to him running the football. Does it strike fear into you? Are you like, man, I'm not worried about it. Josh knows how to kind of protect himself, take hits, and so on and so forth. How do you feel about it? Because I'm uncomfortable with it. When I see guys like Jalen Hurts get hurt, I'm like, hmm. Chill out. Give the back. Give the ball to the running backs. Devin Singletary is doing a damn good job back there. When he gets the ball, he does what he does. James Cook is coming on. How do you feel about it? Or are you like, man, fuck all that shit? Let him do what he does.
1: I'm kind of in the middle. Obviously, I don't want to see my 250 plus million dollar quarterback take those types of hits. Mm-hmm. But it's the fact that Josh Allen is so good at what he does. He produces unlike none other. I don't think you can ever go away from that. When you brought Josh Allen here to the Buffalo Bills as a rookie, yep. obviously, he's still trying to go through the ebbs and flows of being comfortable passing in the pocket. And he's not comfortable. So he's going to take off and run. That is so ingrained into what he is now as a quarterback. Right. He knows that, hey, if I don't have a throw that's, you know, opened up. I'm a six foot five, big quarterback. I can not only run you over, but I'm fast and elusive enough to get around the corner and get through you that I can pick these nine yards up with my legs instead of my arm. And also I I, I think Ken Dorsey sees Josh Allen as another part of the run game, as a, as a player that opens up our run game. Because yep. when you look at the Eagles, now I do say that, Jalen Hurts taking an injury probably is due to part of Nick Sirianni play calling because Jalen Hurts ran the football 17 times. Now I know for, for anything, Josh um, Allen, I'm pretty sure 17 times.
3: Well, 17 times.
1: I'm pretty sure if someone can correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I'm pretty sure, but also he ran it 17 times. If, if that is true, the, the Eagles also, then that, that is I'm part of the head coach, but I think the Eagles, don't need to let Jalen Hurts run as much, in my opinion, because they got a much better offensive line. They got, in my opinion, I th- I think Sanders is a better running back. I think they got a better trio of running backs running the football right over there in, in Philadelphia. And for a long time, they were the number one rushing team, so they don't need to rely on Hurts as much. I think the Bills need to rely a little more on Josh Young running.
3: Dude, you're right. He had Just, 17 yeah. carries.
1: Yeah, so he had 17 carries, a lot inside the red zone, because he had about three touchdowns that were one yard rushing touchdowns. So he's getting banged up on some quarterback keepers and some, uh, you know, quarterback sneaks down uh, with a lot of bodies inside, uh, you know, inside by the line of scrimmage. So, you know, that's a lot on Nick Sirianni. And also Josh is just much, much bigger than Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts. He's a big quarterback.
3: Yeah.
1: He's got some mass and muscle on yeah. so him, but got- there's
3: one two, twenty. Yeah. There's so- no,
1: there's no quarterback in the league that compares to Josh Allen with the size. Man, I want to. I'm gonna call dude, Girth and the Girth.
3: Look, look, look at this. Look at this, though. Like Kirk 58, 17 times. Let me tell you something. That is not the first time he's rushed for over seven, 17 yeah. times. He does it a seven lot. Times this last pass game. Three, two games before that, 17 for 157 yards. The game before mm-hmm. that, 16 carries. And then, he, dude, he's had one, two, three, four, five, six games of over 15 carries for a quarterback dude now a lot of that are obviously the the third and ones and the fourth and ones and they're talking about how unstoppable that play is but 17 carries fam and you've done it more i mean i gotta i mean before i talk i know we've had games where josh has gone from like 10 carries 11 carries but 17 is excessive i don't know about y'all but that is excessive to me holy jumps. i didn't realize how crazy that is
1: and another thing with Josh running, I mean, he's he said it himself, um, in interviews. He likes you know taking that hit early in a game, he likes kind of getting into the game by just taking some contact, whether that's from a safety or a linebacker, just kind of meeting him while he's running the football. Yep. And again, it for all those you know 70,000 fans that are in the stadium and all the millions at home watching. I'm sure we all have the same reaction, no matter yeah, where yeah. we are watching the game. Of course, we're you know we're biting our fingernails and we're running around the living room, and you were just like nervous and having an anxiety attack every time Josh Allen runs the football and hurdles over a safety or tries to hurdle over a six foot five linebacker like Anthony Barr. Anything, yeah. But at the end of the day, what's the Bills' record?
3: 11 three
1: three. How have we gotten here? because of Josh Allen doing Josh Allen things. And right. again, you're going to have to live and die by that. He's going to take a lot of bumps and bruises throughout this way. But at the end of the day, I I think it's going to lead to a Lombardi. And when it does lead to that Lombardi, we're not even going to just think about Josh Allen running. And I know you want to keep him for as many years as you want. I think he's fine. He um He's a big quarterback. He knows how to take care of his body. Another thing also, another thing I will say, is that these, these, these athletes have so much access to, um, you know, training and like like nutrition stuff. I know, I know, I know, I know. And just, just stuff like that. I I think there's much better ways to take care of your body nowadays. than I think there was in years past and that's even going to just three or four or five years back, but I don't know.
3: know. Tom Brady's, uh, you know, i mean school of freaking eating avocado ice cream and all that I,
1: I will say i will say this though when i was in boston for a for a concert i did go to the tb12 store
3: and how was it exhilarating
1: yeah yeah it was exhilarating i mean it was i was like i will say this though it was like just me and like one other person one other person
3: <laughs> there you go uh listen i'm looking at the josh's uh, rushing stats he had six games of over of double digits carries and they've never surpassed 12. 12 was the most he did. He did 12 for 32 yards, and that was uh, in the win versus Kansas City, right? So, uh, and one of them was the hurdle. So, go figure. But, I mean, listen, Josh is built for it. Jalen Hurts is built for it. Uh, just, you know what I'm saying? You get nicks and bruises, and that's just what it is, man. Uh, but, yeah, listen, folks, that's it for us, man. I just wanted to come on here real quick. The main, the main uh, part of the show was me bringing on Evan. And Evan came through, and then the, our second guest was the, uh, I mean, the, the prize of the show was Evan, obviously, and then Sal Capaccio was number two. And, uh, you know, so I got to go, I got to show love to my guy, Evan. <laughs> so, uh right. Evan, enjoy the show. By the way, Evan broke his wrist. I don't know what he was doing. I don't know what he was up to, um, but his right wrist happens to be his right wrist that he broke. Um, take it easy on yourself, man. Take it easy. Uh, but folks, I hope you guys enjoy the show, man. I really do. And um, we are back at it again, not tomorrow with Rev, but on Thursday. Thursday and then, uh, then we're back at it again Saturday against um, the Bears and then we've got Christmas, hey. Christmas Day on on Sunday. So hope you guys enjoy. it. What's up, Evan? What do you got?
1: I will say this though, if there has been a take in Buffalo Fanatics history that has aged so well, it has been my Bobby Hart take. And not only is he the the first no. the first extra lineman to get called on the field, he's in our top six for lineman on this team. And then I and I love it.
3: I can't, I can't allow you to, to just spew nonsense like that to the people, the good people of Buffalo and the good people around the world. Stop your nonsense, Evan. I gave you a spot, I gave you a freaking platform to speak truth. <laughs> <And then> you, <laughs> now you spend, you spend some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> so, folks, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the insight that uh, Sal came through and showed out. Um, and uh, Sal, we appreciate you if you run that, if you run this back. But anyway, um, we're back at it again uh, Thursday and then Friday. And then the game on Saturday. Now, because we have a game on Saturday, I might not do the show on Friday, um, but we'll see. Because sometimes I can't stay away from the mic, and I need to get out, get my rocks off. But um, we'll see how he plays out, man. I'm hoping that you guys get a fantasy win this weekend, and uh, and I hope you guys make it to the championship. I'm part of a 14 team league. It's crazy. It's a PPR league, and it was a hundred dollar buy in, so that's fourteen hundred bucks, right there. Here's my question for everybody: If you've gotten to this point of this show, if you are in a fantasy league, how do you feel about the, ch- the championship game? Do you split the money? Do you 60-40? Do you 70-30? What is the deal? Do you give them back their, their buy-in and you keep the rest? What is your strategy? I feel like I'm more of a it's win winning in. That's it. I win it and I'm winning all of it. I'm not trying to give you any more. But how do you guys feel about it? Split it? I don't know. Anyway, you guys let me know enjoy yourself. And if you guys got to this point right now, I need you guys to type into the chat, into the comment section, Evans stubble, Evans stubble, write that into the chat. That's when I know that you've made it this far and you got here and you know exactly what it's about. Evans stubble snowballs hit the, the they hit Evans chin and it splits it because that stubble strong. He's got a strong stubble game. You know what I'm saying? So we're going to leave it at that. And uh folks, we'll catch you on the flip side. Evan, do you have any uh, last words you want to give for the people?
1: Bobby Hart MVP. <laughs>
3: this, guy, this guy's on his. You know what? You on your Bobby Hart, and I'm on my Nate Peterman. So I guess we're on the same shit. <laughs> we're, we're on the same shit. So that's hey. it, for folks.
1: <laughs> Go around. Go around.
3: <laughs> we'll catch you on the next time, man. Enjoy the rest of the- your evening, and uh will see you guys in a couple days. Till next time, it's me yeah, my and my man Evan. Evan. Oh it's the Rico Port, and we'll catch you guys on the top side.
1: Until next time, we're gone. We'll catch you guys. Peace.
2: To the people, 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 to the
1: people, to the 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 people, to
2: the people, to 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 the people,